The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Ose Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumase, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen when money becomes your god when money becomes your god come with me to exodus chapter 20 verse 23 we'll read a few scriptures before Exodus chapter 20. Let's read it together. One go. You shall not make with me golds of silver, neither shall you make unto you. Can you see that? Golds of what? You are not making, you are not supposed to make golds of gold, neither golds of silver. Then let's move on to Exodus chapter 32, verse 30 to 32. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you, shall, you have sinned a great sin. What is a great sin? And now I will go up into the Lord, unto the Lord per adventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. Verse 31. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin. What is a great sin? And have made them gods, gods of what? Gold. May we not commit the great sin in the mighty name of Jesus. There are a few instances in scripture. This is about the second time I'm seeing it in scripture where sin is described as great sin. Praise God. The first time it had to do with honor. And the second time is do, it has to do with making idols of gold. Praise God. If you look at 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, 28, all the way to 30. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, indeed. Okay, let's go back to 27. This is talking about honor here. Then came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father? When they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house, 28. And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of my father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Verse 29. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offerings, which I have commanded in my habitation and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Verse 30. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now, that saith the Lord, be it far from me. For, thou, for them that honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me, I shall lightly esteem. Praise God. This was when the children of uh, Eli were highly exalted above God. Eli looked at his children, misbehaved, but never chose to call them to order. Until God's frustration hit, isn't it? And God passed judgment on them praise god but we are looking tonight at another thing that god comes as an infantry to god god doesn't joke with at all and in this month of demonstrating our love for god we need to beware praise god come with me again to daniel chapter 5 verse 4 daniel 5 4 let's read it together one go 
They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and of iron and of wood and of stone. Okay. Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, 24. Let's read it together now. No one can serve two masters, for you hate one and love the other. It's as simple as that. There is uh, no neutral ground. You are either serving God or money. You are serving money. There are two ways people generally relate to money. Either you are a servant to money or you are a servant of God. You are either in love with money or you are in love with God. The way we relate to money is a big deal for God. Turn to your neighbor and say your relationship with money is a big deal for God. God doesn't take it lightly at all. How you relate with money. When you love money, when you exalt money above him, it's such a big deal to God. And I believe it's a big deal to God. Because scripture makes it very clear. If you read the whole of scripture, again and again, you will come to over 2,350 times where scripture lays emphasis on possessions, money, riches, wealth. 2,000 plus. That's more than the number of times hell and heaven are mentioned in scripture. Praise God. If you look at the number of times faith and prayer are mentioned in scripture, compared to the number of times that money possessions, wealth, and uh, material things are mentioned in scripture. It's way, way, almost twice the number. Praise God. When Jesus came, he spoke about 38 parables. Out of the 38 parables, 16 of them had to do with money. 16 out of 38 parables had to do with money. Praise God. It just goes to establish that God does not take our attitude and relationship with money lightly at all. Very important. There are people who will go to hell on the basis of money. That's why God spoke, took time to emphasize a lot to help us to appreciate the place of money. Three reasons why I believe our relationship with money matters to God. One, nothing reveals Our loyalty, devotion, values, and commitment like money. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing reveals your devotion, your commitment, your passion, your values in life than money. Money reveals who you are. Money reveals what's important to you. Money reveals your values, the things you cherish, the things you believe in. Those are the things that money reveals. So when the question of money comes up, It's not just a question of whether you want to save your money or you want to keep your money or you want to give your money. You are just giving, uh, you are you are giving us a picture of what is important to you. Praise God. The Bible says, "Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be." Also, so the things that are important to you, if you want to know it, it is by looking at your checkbook. Your checkbook says it all. The investment you make says it all. Number two. Our relationship with money matters to God because money is the principal contestant for God's place in our lives. Satan is not the competitor of God in our lives. Money is. Praise God. Money is. Money competes for the place of God in our lives. That's why Jesus said no one can serve two masters. He could have said Satan and God. But he said the God of mammon or money and God. Money and God. These two things. You are either in love with God or you are in love with money. Number three, the third reason why the way we relate with mo- to money matters to God is because of the devastating consequences wrong relationship with money brings into our lives. Wrong relationship with money is costly. Turn to your neighbor and say it's costly. If you don't relate to money the way you ought to relate to it, it will cost you. Money, there is a proper way to relate to money. And if you don't relate to it as such, the cost you cannot bear it. Scripture reveals it all the way from Genesis. We saw how Lord's wife became a pillar of salt on the basis of material gains. They were delivered out of fire. 
And God said, move on, go on to the place. And make sure you don't look back. But how come? She looked back because she could not come bring herself to think of the fact that all her possessions have been left in the flames. So she looked for money at the expense of her life. The Bible said, Lord's wife, Genesis 19, 26. And his wife looked back from behind and she became a pillar of salt. Only God knows the things that people are in church are looking back to and have become. Only God knows. They are in church, but they have become something else. This woman left and was supposed to get into a place of safety, into a place of abundance, but she could not reach her destination. Anywhere God has earmarked you to get to in life, may you reach there. May your love and affection for money not destroy you on your highway to greatness. Many people have died prematurely because, and we'll get to it, because of money. We see how Achan and his life and his family were stoned to death. What a painful way to die. What a painful way to die. People who exchange their soul and trade their soul for money, their death has always not been desirable. Achan and his family. Bible says, then Joshua and all Israel took Achan and the silver. Somebody say the silver. The robe, the bar of gold, his sons and daughters, cattle, donkey, sheep, sheep, goat, tent, everything he had. Can you imagine that? Everything he had. This is a man who took money he wasn't supposed to take and the painful thing like Judas, he could not spend it. He took the money, he couldn't spend it, and he lost his life. He lost the whole of his lineage because of that. Money. Money. Verse 25. The Bible said, Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you. And all Israel stoned Achan and his whole family and burned their bodies. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, Money is dangerous. Number three, we see Gehazi and his lineage, how they were baptized with leprosy. A whole family, everybody became leprous. And we are told here, when he went to his master, Elijah asked him, why have you been? Where have you been, Gehazi? I have been nowhere, he replied. Then the, <laughs> the number of lies people tell about money. Amazing. I'll be nowhere. Thank God for prophets. Praise God. I'll be nowhere. I'll be nowhere. There are people in church who consult juju people for money. They come here on Sunday. But when business is not moving, they have a place they go to consult. Because their whole passion is to be rich. That's all. That's all. He said, don't you know that I was with you in spirit when the man stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves, vineyards, sheep, goat, and male and female servants? Verse 27. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. Don't you never say your attitude towards money? Don't just end with you. It affects your generation. Now look, look at a few scriptures we have just read. And all of them, there's a direct link. Achan went and then he and his seed, everybody around him, they were burning the flames. Gehazi steps in and the same thing that happens to him happens to everybody else. Judas Iscariot. In fact, we can call him Judas Iscarlos. <laughs> Praise God. Carlos. Carlos. A man who could eat with you and then sell you for 30 pieces of silver. And then when they are ready for you, he comes to kiss you. That's a Carlos person. Praise God. Verse 27. The Bible said, Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple. And departed and went and hung himself. 
Praise God. Most of the people who trade their soul and precious things for money, most of the time they are not able to enjoy money. If you really want to enjoy money, you need to be careful of your attitude towards it. Praise God. We see again Ananias and Safari or Safira. How they were slain by the Holy Ghost. And this is New Testament typically. Because all the things I've been saying, you can easily conclude these were Old Testament stuff. Where this is Holy Ghost hour. When the Holy Ghost had come fresh, a certain man named Ananias and his wife sold a possession and kept a part of the possession. Kept back of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ask your neighbor, which part do you normally bring as your tithe? Praise God. Because every time we are bringing something to God, you see, God is always particular about the part we keep. The part you keep is always important to God. What you give him, he accepts. On the basis of how much you are keeping. How well, the value God places on what we put on the altar is always in reference to what we are keeping for ourselves. In the book of Mark, we saw how he sat by the offering, the treasury, and everybody was dropping. And some people really dropped. They dropped large sums of money into the desert. It didn't move Jesus at all. When he looked at the widow and saw what the widow dropped, he said, of all the people out of the abundance, they have given millions, but it doesn't touch them at all. But this woman, out of her poverty, she's given out her very best. What you give to God is always important. What you are keeping for yourselves and what you are giving to God matters to him. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. It's amazing how money becomes an instrument through which Satan easily enters people. When God, Satan was looking for one of the disciples to enter, he couldn't find any except one who loved money. Praise God. He entered Judas and the gateway into Judas' heart was money. Satan filled the heart of Ananias. How? Through money. Then Peter said, while it remained, was it not your own? Echo, we meet after service, right? While it was there, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? In other words, I'm not poor. Praise God. God is not poor. Why have you conceived this in your heart? And you have lied not to men, but to God. When you are lying about money, Remember, you are lying to God. Then Ananias, hearing those words, fell down and breathed his last. You shall not breathe your last. May the mercy of God be extended to someone. Because you are making a commitment from tonight that you will be honest when it comes to monetary matters. May God's mercy speak for you. But for everyone who wants to continue in the way of transgression and to continue in waywardness, may God know exactly what he will do with you. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. But that was not it alone. The young men arose and wrapped up. Carried him and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came. Not knowing what had happened. Verse 8. Peter answered her. Tell me whether you sold the money for so, so, the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. They were in love. Praise God. They were in love. Listen, it's good to be in love with your husband, dog, but don't be in love to sin together. Praise God. Yeah. Your husband has borrowed somebody's money and is not ready to pay. And when the person calls, he gives you the phone. Tell them I have trouble. Tell them I have trouble. And you are always responding to that kind of call. That is Ananias and Safari's spirit. 
Praise God. You know, the man has decided he won't call. He has just uh, browsed the net and can tell that the man is at home. And then because when the person was coming, you just happened to see the person before. You rush in quickly and tell, see, go to the private. The man, your creditor is coming after you. You are wife. The worst is when children are also engaged. Children. Children. You've forgotten that if you train this child to lie, he will not only lie to the people, they will soon lie to you too. So one day, you mistake, you forget and put money somewhere. By the time you come, they have pulled some from the center. And you'll be asking who taught it. Nobody knows. Because you have trained the child to lie. The Bible said, train up the child the way he should go. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. May the Lord help us. I said, may the Lord help us. Then Peter said, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. You shall not be a victim. I said, you shall not be a victim. In the mighty name of Jesus. When does money become your God? When does money become your God? Number one, money becomes your God when you are in love with money. When you love money, money is already your God. Money. Money is supposed to be used. It's a tool. It's, not, it's never supposed to be an idol. When you fail to use money as a tool to accomplish the purposes of God, to be a blessing to humanity, that money ceases to become, ceases to be a tool but an idol. By the time you worship money, you are in love with money. Money is more valuable to you than relationships. Money is already an idol. Money is an idol. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all kinds. Somebody say all kinds. You see, you have not started to sin until you fall in love with money. The moment you fall in love with money, all kinds of sins, you commit them. Lying, cheating, murder, all kinds of sins. You do them easily. All kinds of sins. The Bible says, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That shall not be your testimony. I said that shall not be your testimony. Ecclesiastes 5.10, he said, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. When you love money, no amount of it is enough for you. Your love and affection must be set on God and God alone. Praise God. The Bible said, one, one lawyer went to Jesus, Matthew chapter 22, verse 38, and said, Teacher, which of these is the greatest of the commandment? And Jesus spoke unto him and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. Anything that competes with the first and great commandment becomes an idol. Anything. Anything that competes. When money is given the same platform that God demands in our lives. Money is no longer a tool. It's an idol. It's an idol. Any money that is too big for you to give to God is already money that you are worshipping. Praise God. Money you are worshipping. Nothing competes for the love and the heart of every child of God like money. Number two. When does money become an, a God to you? When you put your trust and confidence and hope in money instead of God. Money becomes your God. When your trust, your hope, your confidence is in money instead of God. My hope is built on nothing else. Ah, Jesus' blood and righteousness. 
I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds is sinking sand. All other grounds is sinking sand. My hope is built. Or nothing else but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy on Jesus' name. On Christ the only rock I stand, all other ground. Sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When does money become your God? When your trust, hope, and confidence is placed in money rather than God. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. He said, "He that trusted in his riches shall fall. He that trusted in his riches." There are people who have more faith in their money than God. Praise God. They have no place for God in their lives. Those are the people who can boldly declare poor people go to church. People who have nothing to do waste their time in church. Because they are so occupied. Satan has given them so much to do. (laughs) Useless people go to church. People who can't think straight to go to church because they have tossed some money. The Bible said, he that trusted in his riches shall what? For, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. I see you flourishing in Jesus' name. Listen, God's word warns us sternly against putting our trust in money. In the book of First John, First Timothy 6, verse 17, he said, charge them, charge them. Somebody say, charge them. The word charge means command them. It's a military word. Command those who are rich in the world that they be no high-minded. And he was talking, he was telling Paul, Peter, Timothy to instruct church people that they should not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain. Look at how he calls it: trust in what? Uncertain riches. Uncertain riches. How uncertain is money? Money can be on today and not tomorrow. In fact, let me show you something before we come back to here. Uh, uh, Proverbs 23 verse 1. Proverbs 23 verse 1. He said, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is said before the verse 2. He said, And put a knife to thy throat. If thou be a man given to appetite, verse, be not desirous of his royal uh, uh, dentist, for thou art, for they are deceitful meat. Verse 4. He said, Labor not to be what? Cease from thy own word. Look at verse 4. He said, When thou set thy eyes upon that which is not, for riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Praise God. Riches have wings and they fly away. I fly away, oh glory. I fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. Listen, money doesn't die to fly away. It flies away. Praise God. Praise God. He said, charge them. Little money that entered your hand, you cannot be counseled. Little money that came into your hands. You want double wives. Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not high-minded. Nor trust in uncertain rich. There are some people in church today. If they receive 100,000 Ghana CDs today. Answered prayer. <laughs> the next time you see them, Jesus has come. Praise God. Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not high-minded. Don't be arrogant. No trust in uncertain riches. But put your trust where? In the living God. Where is your faith? 
Where is your faith? A lot of people are more faith in money than in God. Where is your faith? He said, put your trust in the living God. Because he alone can give us richly all things to enjoy. Listen, money cannot give you all things to enjoy. Money can give you some things. But only God can give you all things to enjoy. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 1. Ecclesiastes 6 verse 1. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun. And it is common among men. A man to whom God had given riches, wealth, and honor. So that he wanted nothing for his soul. Of all that he desired. Yet God gifted him not the power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth it. This is vanity and it is an evil disease. You won't suffer an evil disease. I said you won't suffer an evil disease. If you want to escape the evil diseases that are associated with evil money, put your trust in God. Put your trust in where? God. Put your trust in God. You are selling things are tough. Trust God rather than go and consult something. Trust God. When you go for that snake and you put it under, the things will move, but you won't sleep. Praise God. And sooner or later, it will be obvious unto all. Praise God. People are doing all kinds of things today. In the name of money. And in their ignorance, they do it and afterwards take a percentage as tight. That, that is even worse than your plight. Praise God. To now take this body that is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Ghost, prostitute it. Then you take a percentage, you bring it to the altar as tight. You are destroying your lineage. Praise God. In the book of Psalm 49, verse 6 8, Psalm 49, verse 8, he said, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. I like it. He said, none of them. Somebody say, none of them. None of them can buy enemies, redeem their brother, or give to a ransom for him. Now, he says, no matter who it is and what you have, when your brother is at the point of death, no amount of your money has capacity to redeem him. He said, for God, he said, yeah, for the redemption of their soul is precious and is seized forever. They that trust in their wealth and boast in their riches. None of them has capacity. Turn to your neighbor and say, money is limited. Say, money is limited. Because you see, the love of money in the church today has led people into all kinds of things. A man is working in Ghana. His wife is working in the UK. Praise God. And when they go there, they find your level. Praise God. They find your level. And it's all because of money. When they can stay together and by the grace of God can make ends meet with a little because they want so much. Family values have been thrown apart. Children are going wayward. All because we want to make money. Turn to your neighbor and say money is limited. One easiest way to deny God is when you put your trust in money. When you deny, the, the cheapest, one easiest way to deny God is when you put your trust in money. Job chapter 31 verse 24 to 28. He says, if I have made gold my hope and have said to find gold, thou art my confidence. 25. He said, if I rejoice because my wealth was great and because my hand had gotten me much, verse 26, if I beheld the sun when it shined and the moon walking in brightness, verse 27, he says, and my heart has secretly enticed and my mouth had kissed my hand, verse 28, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, 
For I should have denied the God that is above. The moment I make silver or gold my confidence, I deny God. I deny God. Number three, when is money, when does money become your God? When becoming rich, somebody say becoming rich. How many of you want to be rich? Lift up your hands. May you receive grace to be rich. You shall be rich in Jesus' name. Shout a believing amen. This church, I want everybody to be rich. Yeah, because with what you know and what you are still here to know, when you become rich, it won't destroy you. Praise God. In fact, it is all part of this teaching. So that you will know how to relate with money. Because until you learn how to relate with money, you cannot have enough of it. Cannot. When becoming rich at all costs and by all means is your principal goal for living. The moment you come to a place where becoming rich at all costs and by all means is your principal objective for living. Money is your goal. Money is what? Money is your goal. When you wake up in the morning, what do you think about? God or your work? Money is your God. Praise God. When on a Sunday morning, an appointment that has to do with money can take you away from church, money is your God. Praise God. <laughs> money is your God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. 1 Timothy 6 to 9. He said, people who want to crave, Amplify says, those who crave to be rich fall into all sorts of temptations and traps. They are caught by foolish and harmful desires that drag them down and destroy them. The love of money causes all kinds of trouble. Some people want money so much that they have given up their faith and caused themselves a lot of pain. They want it so much, so bad, and by all means, there are people today who don't mind selling their wives for money. Selling their children for money. Praise God. People have sold their soul for money. So he wants to be rich for the next five years and then die. Yeah, because, because see, Satan will always, Satan never gives you anything for free. That, in fact, Life is such that for everything you want, there's a price to pay. Yeah, there's a price to pay. If you want the blessing of God, there's a price you need to pay. A price of righteousness, a price of patience, a price of liberality. You have to pay it. If you go to any malam now, they won't give you money for free. Even the fake money is not for free. It's not for free. It's not for free. It's not for free. One woman who was living a, 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 a promiscuous life as a prostitute, selling her body for money, one night was picked up by a man, taken into one high-class hotel. When they got into the place, the man lifted up his trousers and beneath the trouser was a very bad soul. And says, lick it. She said, no, I'm not ready to do it. He says, well, if that is not an option for you, pull up a bag. Out of it was this big uh, snake. Make love to the snake. And if you are not ready for either of them, it shoots you and you die. Praise God. Life is good. <laughs> so she chose the snake. Praise God. Did it. Lived after some time. But of course, she could only live for so long to tell the story. And died afterwards. People are into all kinds of things. And listen, some of these people are in church. Oh, they are in church. Pa. 
in sun, Sunday morning, when we come and we are lifting up our hands, only God knows where some of those hands have gone to. And they've come from. I'm telling you. When we come and we are dancing, and the legs are moving about, only God knows where those feet have walked to and come back to church. Only God. Only God knows. The Bible says, as the partridge, I like it, uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 11, he said, as the partridge seated on eggs and hatched them not, so he who getteth riches and not by right, take note, by right, because you can be, you can get riches by right. And I see you getting riches by right. What is pastor saying? Are you saying every money is bad? No. That some money is good money. But this teaching is designed to war, wage war against evil money. Praise God. As the patriarch seated on eggs and hatched them not, so he who getteth riches and not by right, he shall leave it in the midst of his days. And at the end he shall be a fool. You, 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 can't, you can't make money through dubious means and enjoy it. <laughs> Most of the time. Other people will come and enjoy it. Those who go for evil money, sakawa money, computerized money, all of them, they never end well. If you have tried it, you can testify. They never end well. They, none of them will ever end well. You, you, you cannot be sleeping with somebody's husband and trying to disturb, destroy his home. Because you know the man is loaded and you think that your future will be well. It's not, it's not like that. If you, unless you repent in sackcloth and ashes and ask God for mercy, you will not, it will not end well with you. I'm not cursing you. I'm just giving you the mind of God. It will not be well with you. Jeremiah 17 verse 11. The same scripture. Amplified version. I like the amplifier. It said, like the partridge that gathers a brood which did not hatch and sits on the earth, which has not been laid. So is he who gets riches by unjust means and not by right. He will leave them or they will leave him. I like, that's what I like. He will leave them or they will leave him. By all means, there is a living. They are either leaving you or you will leave them. But in your case, it will stay forever. The Bible says, whatsoever the Lord doeth, it shall be forever. What happens when money becomes your goal? We have looked at when money becomes your goal. When does money become your goal? Now we want to see what happens when money becomes your goal. Number one, you will never have enough. Never have enough. Never have enough. You are here. Never have enough. Never have enough. Say never have enough. You will never. 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 The people who don't tithe and eat God's 10%, if you ask them, they are still in need. Praise God. They are still in need. They are in need every day. They go and borrow from people who even pay tithe. Never. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. <laughs> he says, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Those who love money will never have enough. Never have enough. The greatest wealth in life is godliness with contentment. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. Godliness. He says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. If we gave you World Bank, it will not be enough for you, brother. I'm telling you. <laughs> that, that's the reason why people who love money always go after money. And because no matter how much you get, your appetite is never full. Never. The more you get, the more you want to get. The more you get, the more you want to get. So, what is the only antidote? Be content with such things as you have. 
Praise God. Contentment. That's the greatest wealth in life. Number two. What happens when money becomes your God? You miss out on great opportunities in life. Those who love money, everything they measure it and calculate it in monetary terms. What is in it for me? How much can I get from this? And when they weigh it and they can't get anything out of it, they back out. For them, every transaction, every every encounter, every transaction is a monetary transaction. They must take something home. They, they, their philosophy is that I don't do anything for free. No free lunch anywhere. You have to pay. Praise God. So they can be in an office. They are paid to do the job. And you come there and you still have to pay. That was the philosophy that made Gehazi pay a heavy price for it. That's a philosophy. Let's look at verse 21. First Kings chapter, Second uh, Kings 5, 21. Verse 21, please. Let's start from verse 21. So Gehazi pursued, now go from verse, let's say about 18 or so. Come back when I see it. I'll know it. 19. 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, look, my master has what? Spared. That. You see, that was his mentality. Mentality. Man must chop. You may be chopping your last time. <laughs> yeah, that's what you are chopping your last time. You get government appointment and you go and sit there and say, ah, after the next four years, we may win, we may not win. Man must chop. 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 <laughs> but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of look, my master has spared him this year. While not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the law lives, oh, they quote scripture. <laughs> they quote scripture also on top. Praise God. Oh, pastor even thought that you must be able to maximize your opportunities in life. This is my finest hour. I may never meet somebody like this again. If he likes me, I like him too. One night will not make anything. Praise God. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. Listen, he didn't know what he was going to take. He thought he was taking money. But there was much more to it than money. You think it's money you are taking. (laughs) You are taking strange sicknesses and diseases. So Gehazi pursued Neman. When Neman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is it all well? <laughs> he said, All is well. My master has sent me. You see, the love of money makes you a liar. The love of money makes you, and a liar is a medra. So the love of money also makes you a medra. <laughs> He said, my master has sent me. Saying, indeed, just now, two young men of the sons of the prophets have come. See the way he conjured the thing. Amazing. <laughs> two young men from the sons of the prophets have come to me. From the mountains of Ephraim. Please. He, I think he had rehearsed this thing for a very long time. Yeah, because, <laughs> because it's most likely that Elisha had been doing this for a long time. There are Bible theologians who believe that Elijah actually was wealthy. So, he, he, you could not easily control him with money. Because by the time Elijah even called him, he was in charge of 12 yoke of Azim. 
a yoke, 12 yoke of oxen means that he was in big time business. So he, he was in money. So he, 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 he was not much concerned about money. And there are many people, even in ministry today, who have these philosophies. When they come to church on Sunday, they see the people, ah, and there, I will see a year month for. So all of a sudden, God begins to speak to them. Today, God says, I should receive this special offering. Coming to church is an opportunity to be milked. Indeed, just now. Please give me a talent of silver and two changes of garments. He didn't even ask for much. So Naaman said, please take two talents. You see, he didn't ask for much. Talent of silver. All of it, because you see, if you knew what else you would take from Elijah, you better take more. Praise God. Yeah. The talent for leprosy is too much. Take two talents. <laughs> Naaman can perceive that something will happen. So he said, take two talents. Let me add some more for it. Please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to the two, two of his servants. And they carried him. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. He had people with him in the business. <laughs> he was Elisha's servant and he also had his own squad with whom they were duping people. <laughs> Amazing. God's word is, is, is life. He said they carried him on him. Let's go to verse 24. And he came to the citadel. He took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. Then he let the men go and they departed. Verse 25. And he went and stood before his master Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. <laughs> I've just been around. <laughs> I've just been what? Around. Just been around. Verse 27. 27. Therefore, the leprosy, he said, I don't care whether you went anywhere or you didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but if you didn't go anywhere, the pronunciation I'm about to make, you are free from it. But if you went somewhere, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you. See it. Cling to who? You and your descendants forever. And you went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. May the Lord have mercy on us. You see, what he took with him was not as disastrous as the opportunity he missed. This man was in line for a quadruple portion of anointing. And it was the anointing that actually brought everything he, want, he was coveting after. The anointing upon Elisha. Naaman came and was ready to give everything because of the anointing. And this guy was in line to carry something bigger and greater than Elisha carried. He traded it. Listen, every time money goes ahead of you, you miss a lot of great opportunities in life. The reason why most of the time, we as Africans, we don't go far is because we do things for money too much. Everything we do, we must be paid. And we cut our price. But it's not everywhere we collect money. Praise God. There are things in life you do to collect your name. Who did you do? Praise God. <laughs> you use it to collect what? Your name. Ah, this, this, this gentleman is a very honest person. It's not like the business you want to do, they, they know, he knows, he is sending you, he already knows that the amount is more and there will be change and he's just watching you. But you went and you, you came, you even beat the price down, you brought it, collected it. Next time, I met you. You see, 
And no, 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 it's no, it's no. You see, when, the, when you walk in life with scriptural philosophies, eh, in the sight of men, you'll be like a fool. But you can only be as full as God is, God's time is not up. But when God's time is up, everybody begins to see that of all men, you are the most wise. I see you've been distinguished life. Let me close with this. Uh, I'm not supposed to, but I have to. <laughs> Number three, it blinds you. When, what happens when money becomes your God? It blinds you to the most valuable things in life. Money blinds. Somebody say money blinds. Money blinds. It blinds people. It blinds people. Matthew 19 verse 16 to 22. Money blinds. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Verse. Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, please take note. He wants to receive what? Eternal life. Keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Verse 19. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbors yourself. Verse 20. I've obeyed all these commandments. The young man replied, what else must I do? Verse 21. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. You see, this is where most of the time we have a problem. Lord, I give you my heart and I keep my pocket. I give all it. I'm telling you, we want to give God our heart, not our pocket. <laughs> and God also says, until I have your pocket, I don't need your heart. But when the man heard it, he went away very sad for he had many possessions. The question is, between the material possessions he had and eternal life, which one was more valuable? The Bible says, What shall I profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? You see, it's amazing that one person had an opportunity to give up his material goods to be saved and held on to it to his destruction. Another person was ready not only to give up what was required, but much more just to be saved. And I like it when the Bible says salvation came into his house. Praise God. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 to 9. The Bible said, Jesus entered into Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there whose name was Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very, very, may you become very rich. He tried to get a look into Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. May God extend your height. <laughs> Praise God. For he ran ahead. And climbed a sycamore tree. Fig tree. Beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. Thank God for trees. The God who made short people. Also created tall trees. Praise God. So, if you can't see far, stand on the tall tree. Turn to your neighbor and say, find the tall tree. When Jesus came by, he looked up to Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be guest in your home today. Verse 6. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Verse 7. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. That's why we are talking about giving. You see, when you are truly saved, eh, giving becomes natural. 
But when your money, you are holding tight to your money, it's a, it's a proof that you are not really safe. <laughs> Praise God. There are some people, every part of them is safe except their purse. <laughs> it's not safe. It's not safe at all. There are people who have left church because they talked about money. They have a challenge with somebody over money and they can leave church because they love money. Praise God. You are a pastor, they misbehave over money, you address them. Who tell me send me business? I'm a business. So for the year, sorry, media business. Praise God. There are a lot of things that are more important than money. That teaching may be done sometime to come. Three ways to dethrone money and enthrone God in your life. I'll finish my own. Three ways to dethrone money and enthrone God in your life. Number one, set your affection, your love and affection on God. Somebody say, my love and affection. Say, my love and affection. You see, your love can be set. Just like you set your watch, you can set it. You can direct your love. The Bible said the Lord God direct your heart into the love of God. So your heart can be directed. You can set it. Set it. Set your heart on God. Your love and affection. The Bible said, if ye there be reason with Christ, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Set seek those things above and set your affection on those things which are above and not those things on earth. Set your affection on God. Set your affection. Set your affection on God. Number two, put your trust in God and not in fleeting riches. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord. Blessed are those, New Living Translation, who, who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord your hope and confidence. Verse 8. He says, they are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. You shall not be bothered by the heat. I said you shall not be bothered by the heat. Or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing. Somebody say, that is me. Once your trust is in God, Come rain, come uh, sunshine, no matter what. You won't go anywhere. You will stay with God. The Bible says you will bring forth fruit. When everything is falling apart, you'll be bringing forth fruit. Shout a belief in amen. Amen. Number three, avoid covetousness and be content with whatever you have. If you are going to dethrone money from your heart and enthrone God, avoid covetousness. In the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15, he said, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. Somebody say beware. Yeah. A man's life consisted not in the abundance of things he possesses. Covetous people live their lives for things. People who love God, they live their lives for God. They, everything they see, they want. Hebrews 13, 5. He said, let, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Which one do you want? Will you rather covet for things and lose God? Or you rather let go of things and be contented so that God can be with you? Because if God is with you, all things are with you. Praise God. First Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6, he says, but godliness with contentment is what? For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. All the things you want, this car, this house, this wife, this one, that one, that one, that one, that one. When you die, how many of them will you take? For we brought nothing. He said, said, for it is certain we brought nothing from this world, and it is certain. That we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, 
verse 11. He said, I have learned, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Then he said, verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says, I can do. The reason why we have a lot of limitations is because we don't know the secret of contentment. The moment you come into contentment, all things become possible. Nothing makes your faith work like contentment. When you are contented, your faith is stronger like never before. I pray that beginning from tonight, money shall no longer rule over your life. Money shall not be the Lord of your life. From tonight, may God truly have his proper place in your life. In the name of Jesus, as we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, may our heart be purged. May our heart be redirected into the love of God. Above all things, Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Seranabout, Kumase, Ghana God richly bless you